I scared myself not by the action of calmly strangling the woman I've loved for one and a half years and then desecrating her body, but by my entire lack of remorse. Wait, Did you see that? <gasps> what? Yeah. What is this? What? Oh my gosh, what's going on? <laughs> this is the part that's scary because nothing's happening. Oh! <laughs> Oh my gosh. No. That was scary. That was scary. That was scary. It's time for girls and ghouls. Okay, let's talk about it. It was such a quiet click was a quiet click. You're usually more extravagant about your clicks. I was trying to, you know, give an element of surprise. Oh. Were you surprised? Surprise! Surprise! We're here! <laughs> Hello, We've friends. had some new folks joining us in the Facebook group and stuff, which yeah. is very cool. Yeah. Are you one of them, listener person, who is listening to us right now? Hello, listener person. Hello. We would We're love very to... happy that you're here. We are so happy that you are here. We would love to know your name. Tell us your name. <laughs> You're so creepy. It's a creepy <laughs> podcast. Like, I feel like it's a necessitation for me to be creepy. We need more reviews, guys. What? Listen. You don't have more reviews? Our last review was left in May. Oh. It um, wasn't even the new, this current season. Yeah. Come we on. More, we need more. Guys. Welcome. We're starting this show with guilt. That's as right. we do. We're, we play Sarah McLaughlin in the background. <laughs> I want to do a Sarah McLaughlin commercial type thing, only instead of having like cute dogs and cats and stuff, I want to have these like nasty, ugly looking like bugs and like lizards, like slimy little amphibians and be like, look at the poor, beautiful faces. <laughs> have like that song playing in the background while I'm sitting there like flinching. <laughs> that oh, would be hilarious. <laughs> and your gecko like licks his own eyeball. Licks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's special. She's so yeah. special. It's fine. So hi guys. Welcome back to Girls and Ghouls, the podcast where we talk about girls, ghouls, and um, guilt. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the three G's of life. The three G's of life. Girls, ghouls, guilt, and not the Gilmore Girls. No, not those. People are talking about the Gilmore Girls again. I feel like every fall, every fall, the girls pull out their uggo, their uggo, their uggo, their uggo, their uggo boots, their ugg boots. Their scarves, we get Han Solo season, and then everybody is listening or watching the Gilmore Girls. And I tried. God God love it. I tried. And I sat there like, okay, when does it start? My husband, my husband loves it. Um, I don't understand what's happening in my life. So, I don't know. <clears throat> I started. Marley loves that show. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's two girls who it talk is too so fast about nothing. Cheesy. Yeah, right. and I told Marley, I was like, it's ridiculous. Like I tried to watch it with her. Yeah. But I hate how they have conversations in there because nobody's conversations go that way in real life. Yeah. You can't talk that fast 
and not mess up your speech. Yeah. Because you don't know exactly what you're going to say yet. That's how Unless you know it's, it's scripted, scripted and stupid. No. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it too. <clears throat> I started a new show though that I'm digging. You won't what? like it. Gotham. I won't like it. You won't like it. Why won't I like it? Because it's like a superhero show. Oh. Yeah. It's like Batman when he's like a wee tiny infant child. I mean, how many shows and movies do we have to have about Batman? I don't Seriously? know. I'm, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I stopped. Don't even. Don't even at me. Don't come at me over this, people. I stopped watching Batman movies a long time ago because I hate Christian Bale. Okay. Why does his voice change when he I puts the mask don't on? No. He's like, hello, I'm Batman. doing my job. And then he puts the Batman mask on. He's like, hello, I'm Batman. Why? I don't why do know. you have to? Why? It's I so don't dumb. know. Michael Keaton was the best. That's Batman. when I stopped. Okay. I will watch Michael Keaton as Batman. And again, don't come at me over this, guys. I, I am prepared to do battle here for this one <laughs> because he is he is the bomb. He is. He was the best Batman. This new Batman crap I hate. And I didn't want to watch Gotham because I don't watch TV because I am an old lady. But I finally did. And I love it. It appeals to that part of me that always feels bad for the bad guys. Yeah. Which I love. And I'm like falling in love with the the characters because it's like all the Batman characters before they're like the worst. Yeah. And I'm just like, yay. And Batman's just this wee infant child. And, you know, you're just like, whatever. Um, but it reaffirms. Batman. Yeah. Who cares about Batman? Well, I mean, he's like, I've, I'm only a little bit into it. He's like not even important right now. Um, it, it's all about Penguin and Riddler right now. And I'm all like, oh. yes. And Oswald, Penguin, like he has my heart. I want to adapt him. I okay, want to nurture him. When what's his face was Penguin? What's his name? Jack Nicholson. No, 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 Penguin. No? Oh, Penguin, Danny DeVito. What am I? Yeah, saying? Danny DeVito. Okay. He was disgusting, like in the best way. You yeah. know, like yeah. he did such a good job as that character. Yes. And it was so gross and it was foul. Gross. It was. Yeah. It was gross and it was foul. But no, Jack Nicholson as the Joker <sighs> is perfect. So good in so every good. way. So good. I love Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, man, he's just awesome. He is. He might be the celebrity that I'd be like, (gasps) oh, yeah, I'd probably freak out over him because he's just amazing. So cool. So charismatic. Mm -hmm. Him and Jeff Bridges. I realized that the other day. I'd probably like (laughs) the dude. The dude. I'd probably be taken back, uh, taken aback by him. And who's that other guy that John Malkovich? Really? Uh, John Malkovich doesn't do it for He's me. Bill Murray a... does. I just oh. want to hang out with Bill Murray. I'd cry. Legit cry. I just want to hug him and hang out and have a beer but... and tell jokes because he's hilarious. And I told you he changes my oil. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You guys, I'm not even kidding. There is a guy who works at the oil change place by my house that looks just like Bill Murray. Just like him. Like, not Bill Murray mm. from, like, 1970s or 80s. Like, Bill Murray Bill today. Murray now, maybe it's him. He's just in hiding. He's hiding in Greensboro, Georgia, changing oil. You just got Changing like, lives. I know who you are. <laughs> I told I him when I went the first time, because he caught me staring at him. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help but look at him. You like were like... Every, <laughs> I was like, I kept looking at him. And he He's, comes in... And he was like, we're done with your car, ma'am. And I was like, thanks, Bill. And he just kind of looks at me. I was like, 
I was like, has anybody ever told you you look like Bill Murray? And he goes, you were the third person this week. And I was like, well, you do. And I was like, sorry for staring at you, but you really do. And he was cool with it. I could imagine. I would be cool with being compared to... I mean, to... he's got, like, the mullet haircut thing going on, too, with the curls. Oh, like, my gosh. And it's kind of slicked back, and it's white. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, gray I hair. Love it. He's amazing. He looks just like him. It's hilarious. I love it so much. <sighs> yeah. I just want to run into, um, like, if, if I could find, like, just someone that I could be like, is that him? Is that him? And, like, just stare mm-hmm. at... It would absolutely still have to be Paul Rubin. Paul Rubens. Paul Rubin. Peewee. For Pee-wee. sure. I am legit upset. Okay? <laughs> Listen, guys, if you want to come at someone, go at him. Go go tweet him. Go Instagram him or something and be like, look, Aaron from Girls and Ghouls sent you probably 100 messages over the summer inviting you to her 32nd birthday party and you didn't come. <laughs> my heart is broken. <laughs> I have given Pee Wee the best years of my life. Oh, my gosh. The best years of my life. Okay? And he didn't even wish me a happy birthday. I thought we were friends, Pee-wee. I have your doll. The little drawstring doll with your, the signature on the arm. It's my prized. It was my prized possession. I lost it. Don't tell. It'll be our secret. No one will know. <laughs> so. You're a mess. I am. I'm a mess. I was actually really, really heartbroken when I was a kid and I lost it because I loved that doll so much. <laughs> and FYI, Gideon was also heartbroken that Pee Wee didn't come over for our birthdays because we're both we're both June babies. It would have made perfect sense for Pee Wee to show up and grace us with his presence. But no. Way to go, Pee Wee. Way to go. Ruining the hopes and dreams of a six year old and a thirty two year old. There's my rant for the week. And that's <clears throat> that's the scary part of this episode, guys, is is my unhealthy obsession with Pee Wee. Yeah. It's pretty terrifying. It is terrifying. This is a conversation I regularly have with people. <laughs> That's the terrifying part. Someone asked me recently, like, what's on your bucket list? And I was like, visit Wee's house. I want to see Paul Rubin's, like, legit real house because apparently it's like the playhouse. It's, like, so much fun and full of wonder. That's probably really creepy full to say. Full of wonder. Full of wonder, okay? Like, he's That my... is a little creepy that a grown-ass man is living in Wee's playhouse. Listen, it just, he's just whimsical and fun, all right? He's a little twisted. And it's in all the right ways. This Mm. is why I am the way I am, guys. And I realized it just in this moment. I was raised by Pee Wee and Beetlejuice. Yep, that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong with me. Thanks, Mom. Which, I was raised on both of those things, too. And I turned out just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well. That's debatable. (laughs) <laughs> we won't talk about that anymore. I was older when both of those things came out. I was an infant child. Yeah, fresh I was from a little bit older because I am eight years older than Aaron. Oh, man. Yeah. I got to tell the story about how my children cried on my birthday the other day. Everybody thought it was very funny. They you cried on your birthday? Do you remember? You remember me telling you? Uh, I, the day I turned 32, guys, I'm 32 years old. My middle son came to me crying Oh, and yeah. He was like, I thought you were going to oh die. Oh, my God. I love you so much. I don't want you to die. You're so old now. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just dig the grave. I might as well go wait. I mean, any I'm minute one now. foot in for sure. There you go. You should have been dead a long time ago. I What's really happening? should have. 
Your night I mean, cream 40? is great. Woo. Woo. I don't dead. know how people make it to 40 these I days. I keep telling Hard John life. 40s than your 20. He says that I shouldn't be able to say that given that I'm uh, not even close. I'd say it's the new 35. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> See, he turns 40 in two years and he's having like a little bit of a crisis with it. He's like, oh, my God. I'm oh, 40. it's nothing. Like, like, John. I'll be honest. Like, I don't understand. 30 was harder for me than 40. 40 is a walk in the park. 40 is actually way cool. I love being 40. 32 was my year. Everybody said that 30 was their year. 32 was my year because that's the year I remember my mom the most. Like, I always picture her as 32, and now I'm officially my mom's age. Um, (laughs) Because she didn't age any further, like, past that point. She still looks 32. So you're good. Oh, my God. My mom. And I... Mom, if you're listening, I love you, but I hate you. She didn't share any of those genes with me. We look like legit twins. She mm-hmm. looks like she could be my twin, except she looks like the younger version of me. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I've met your mom. Every stranger in public has been like, oh, is that your little sister? No, that's my mother. That's my mom. <laughs> because my mom has perfect, she's got no, not even one wrinkle on her face. Not even one. She doesn't even have the like laugh line, smile line, line things, you know. And my mom she never smiles. She never smiles. No, my mom. <laughs> my mom was like legit, like a year-round Christmas elf. Okay, like she's always happy. Always, yeah. she's always smiling. I don't understand it. She's always smiling, and she just looks like a teenager still. I don't get it. The one saving grace is that her hair went gray, and she looks fabulous with gray hair. What the crap? <laughs> My mom rocks gray hair really well, too. I hope that that is, like, a good foreshadowing for myself because my mom's rad, okay? Like, she went and got her nose pierced a couple years ago. She just shaved one side of her head. Like, she's got, like, an undercut. And the other side is, like, real long and, like, wavy. And mom's rad. She's the way cooler version of me. What happened? That's hilarious. So, I've obviously had a lot of coffee today, so. Obviously. You're all jacked up. I am jacked up. I've lived on coffee this week. It's been a major food group for survival. Her husband is out of town. He's gone. So she's home alone with three boys. It's been so sad. It hasn't been bad except for the whole like, mom's alone. Let's all gang up on mom. Let's all ask mom the same question 800 times in a row. Or even better, let's all ask mom different questions at the exact same time. Like rapid fire. Yeah. Q&A. Not even that. It's just like they'll all be like, you know, one child will be like, can I play a video game? And the other child will be like, can I murder someone? And the other child will be like, can I eat all the snacks in the cabinet? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> can I murder someone? And then You're they like, have yes to, to everyone. A blanket. Yes to yes. everyone. It's a blanket. Yes. Do what you want. <laughs> just clean up after yourselves. <laughs> so. Uh, yes. That's funny. Well. Well. My week has not been that crazy. We closed our house on Friday. Yay! Yay! But we're still dealing with it. Boo. Boo. That's the opposite of yay. So here's what frustrates me about the whole thing, and I'll be very honest. Do it. The house has been empty since July 3rd. We closed on October 12th. Mm -hmm. They wait until 9 a.m. on October 12th to do the walkthrough. When the house has been empty for three months. Ooh, okay. And because of that, they found a little bit of a water damage issue around an air conditioning vent in the master bedroom that they brought to the table for our 10 a.m. 
closing. They waited till an hour before closing to do this. And I'm kind of peeved about the whole thing because now we had to sign an amendment and we have to hustle and get workers out there and pay for that and blah, 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 which I'm not opposed to fixing anything. I just wish they would have found it before closing and not the day of closing because we're literally 10 minutes from the attorney's office and my agent starts blowing up my phone with pictures and I'm freaking out like, oh my God, are we not going to close today? We really need to close today. Yeah. Yeah. It was not a fun time for Kirsten. No. It's a good thing and Kirsten's I'm, middle name is Hustle. That's right. <laughs> and I'm I'm still dealing with it and I just want to be done with that house, like for good done with that yeah. house and move on and it's all the ghosts in the house. That's the problem yeah. with it. You'll have you to know what? We'll have to tell stories one day on another episode because that house was not haunted, but I did live in one that was and it was awful. I feel like this is the part where we have that like little sound bite. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like the organ playing and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I did. I had one a house that I lived in with my now ex-husband. Was creepy. Had some creepy, creepy stuff going Spooky, on. Creepy. It was awful. We'll I do- really feel like that that's part of the reason that there were certain things that happened in my family. Like Whoa. Marley was little when we lived there and mm-hmm. she would have these horrendous, violent tantrums. Yeah. And I really feel like it was partly due to the house oh man <clears throat> it was bad yeah anyway wow. that's another story for another episode yeah we have to do an episode on personal haunted tales yeah and i'll get my mom up here do it and she can she can tell stories because yeah. her grandparents had a curse on their house nice and by yeah, nice not, i mean not really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all kinds of fun stuff i mean we'll have to share great that. story but mm-hmm. not nice to have a yeah. curse upon you Yep. For sure, Lucia. Good times. Good Good times. times. Good times. (laughs) Guys, we want to do an entire episode in the style of the NPR ladies from Saturday Night Live. But that's that's one of my fears. One of my fears is people wouldn't realize that it was a joke. They would just be immediately really bored by us. Yeah, they were like, this is awful. This is awful. Um, but the other fear is that we wouldn't be able to get through it with a straight face. Oh, we, we would screw it up so many times and the editing would be awful. The editing would be awful. It would be very hard. But it would be hilarious if people would actually get we it. We could just record it separately. Like each of our parts? Yes. No, you can't. We definitely can't do that. Why not? No. Because they play off of each other a little bit. That's true. Like the Halloween one. Like one of the Halloween ones with Gordon, whatever his face is, Spooky Town. And one of the girls was making jokes and she was like making all these stupid Halloween puns. And she was like, ha, 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 ha. That's good times. Good times. And that's (laughs) so funny. We could do it. I don't know. It's for the greater good. We'll do it. It's for the greater good. Maybe what we can do is the next time we're in the same room together, that's going to make we'll it even worse. We'll have to do a worse. video one, and we'll just put it up, like, on YouTube or oh, there we go. in the Facebook group that. or something. It won't yeah. be, like, because I feel like it'll make more sense if people can see us. Yeah, for sure. So we'll have to wear, like, ugly sweaters and fix our hair real yeah. horrible and yeah, <laughs> be the NPR So it'll ladies. be, like, my normal thing. It'll be fine. So, guys, <laughs> selfless, selfless, selfish plug here. Selfish. Selfish plug here. <laughs> go join our Facebook group. Because if we're going to do it, it's going to go in there. Mm-hmm. Facebook.com slash group slash girls and ghouls. 
I thought it was really funny when, um, is it Steven? I don't want to mess Steven. up his name. Is that who it is? The new guy? I don't know. Hold on. I got to get there. I think Hold so. On. He has a like cartoon profile picture. Yeah. Yeah, it's Steven. He's, he's a new, he's a new member and new listener and whatnot. Hi, Steven. Hi. I want to make sure that's his name. Yes, yeah, Steve. It is. It is Steve. Steve. But he asked about Hank Horton. <laughs> Hank Horton. Hank Horton the Hedgehog. Hank Horton the Hedgehog. <laughs> so I had to share a picture in the Facebook yes. group because he was asking for it. I love Hank it. Horton. <laughs> Hank Horton the Hedgehog. He's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, go join the group. It's fun in there. He also said that last week's episode was the scariest episode. It really was the 200 demon house, I really, dude. Do you want to know what though? I have hmm. to. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you right here, and I've already told you that. I think that episode's cursed. Okay. I have never had so many issues editing a podcast in like the entire time I've been editing this podcast. I've never had so many issues, and I ran multiple checks on my computer to see if it was my computer having problems. I even went and re-edited some episodes to see if it was just like my editor. Nothing wrong with any of them except that episode. So to the point that I was just like, I'm superstitious enough. I'm like Michael Scott. I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. (laughs) But enough that I was like, "Mm, you know, I'm just not going to make any preview audio for this one. (laughs) (laughs) We'll let the people find it on their own. Because it was literally like, I was down to the wire on getting that up in time because it kept crashing or it would do this really crazy thing where all of a sudden one whole chunk of audio would just be gone. Like, just disappear. What? Yep. And okay, it was that's only... creepy. Did you delete it from your computer after you uploaded it? Yes, I it? did. It's Good. gone. Okay. And then I, like, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit cleansed it. Um, <laughs> Sage your computer. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> the power of Christ compels you. Oh, no, my gosh. The, that's creepy, though. The thing is, this is the funny thing. I got through your story, no issue. Started <gasps> mine, and that's when everything exploded. Okay, that's scary. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'm done with, done with that. Done with that. So See, guys, that's why you need to stick to your own rule of not talking about demons. I'm, t- I'm not. I'm done. I'm done. There are plenty of good <laughs> scary stories that don't involve demons. That one was just so recent, and I was like, I need to talk about this. Yeah. This week, I won't be. I'm not talking about <laughs> demons this week. Never again from henceforth onward. Because henceforth. that was Henceforth onward. <laughs> there will be no more demons that shall be spewed from my lips because, yes. I'll talk about them. She'll talk about them. From time to time. Yeah. So. But Aaron will not. That's really creepy, though. Honestly. Yeah. I've never had that problem. Ever. So. Ooh, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like, like it. it. Nope. I'm really kind of surprised that we didn't have any bad juju with the Dear David episode, but I don't know. Yeah. I want to know what the heck is going on with that. Well, he's doing a movie. We I know he's about doing that. a movie, but like at the end, like the one of the last tweets, he was like, oh, I think I'm losing my mind, blah, blah, blah. Well, and then and then I think he signed a contract and he's like, well, I can't talk about it I anymore. I can't talk about it anymore. That's dumb. Number one. Yeah. If he faked it, someone needs to throat punch him. Well, I Number would not two. be surprised if he faked it, if but he if he did, did, it's a good fake. It's a good fake for sure. It was a great story. Yeah. But if I spent weeks terrified of a little dented child (laughs) for nothing. What's his name? Adam? Mm Mm-hmm. Adam, I'm coming at you. I'm coming for you. Adam Ellis. Adam Ellis. Adam Ellis, what a name. 
Well, his Twitter handle is Moby Dickhead, which I find <laughs> really funny. <laughs> How mature. <laughs> yeah, he is. Anyway, I still think, I, I think Dear David, and I don't know what it is about Dear David that gets me. I know a lot of good scary It's ones. a creepy dented head child. That's just hovering awful. over him while he sleeps. That's the part that gets me. <laughs> That's what's scary. No. It's all of the things that we're terrified of no. mixed together Children. in one happy little episode. <laughs> Have you seen that meme by the way or that little video clip? There's only one thing worse than a rapist. A child. child. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. It was so like much. it's true. <laughs> It's a vine. It's a so vine. Yeah. I've only seen it. I've only seen like the little the little gift memes. Because he's got it. it written on the thing. Yeah. It says rapist. And then he takes the paper off and it says child rapist. But a guy at the table goes, a child? <laughs> <laughs> I don't so understand funny. what's happening in that. I need to look it up. But it's yes, so children funny. are terrifying. That's the whole thing. That's the whole vine. Oh. <laughs> you want to hear a terrifying child thing, by the way? Sure. My parenting is amazing. Okay. <laughs> I'm imparting life lessons on my children. So I'm I'm watching some YouTube stuff to research. And mm-hmm. this children's music box song starts playing. And my 12-year-old who's sitting in my room and he's just like rambling and everything. He was like, well, I'm done in here. And I said, why? And he goes, I know when that music starts playing, nothing good's happening. I'm out. <laughs> Bye, mom. It's like, that's right. The children know. That's awesome. So. Well, you know, when we say, are you ready to get spooky? Nothing good's coming of it. Nothing's good. Nothing's good's coming of it. (laughs) Words, words. Yeah. English is overrated. I think Erin's doing drugs. I'm on the drugs. She's on the drugs. I'm on the coffee. Marley was laughing this weekend because I can't remember what, what we said, but she was like, why is it that when you get older, you start putting the word the in front of things that don't have the in front of it. Like, she was talking about how her grandmother's like, do you want to go to the Walmart? The Walmart and the Google. The Google. I need to check the Google. Yeah. Yeah. So Aaron's on the coffee. I'm on the coffee. That's true. <laughs> I'm on the coffee. I'm on the lot of coffee. All the coffee. The lot of coffee. The lot of coffee. I don't handle caffeine well. I don't have much of it. This week, it's been my life force. If you were to stick a needle in me right now, I'd spurt coffee. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my gosh. I watched The Exorcist the other nope. night. La, la, la. I'm covering my ears like I don't have earbuds in. Oh, my gosh. And when they, yeah. And when they, like, towards the beginning when they're doing all the tests on her and they stick that thing no! in her throat no! and the blood spurts out. No! Why are you telling You've me? seen that movie. Mm. No? No. You've never seen The Exorcist? Mm-mm. You won't watch it? Mm-mm. You want to know why? Because I think it's real. Well, that's also one thing. But the girl, what's her name? Linda Blair. Mm -hmm. I think her parents need to be, you know, smacked with a ruler a couple of times. (laughs) Who lets their child play that role? I'm sorry. What? It's pretty profane. Yeah. Never. It's pretty profane. But it's a great movie. Nope. Mm -mm. Yeah. It's been kind of fun because you know all the crazy halloween movies are on all the scary movies are on oh, which yeah. okay can we'll get started in a second yeah. i know we're like half an hour in but it's, it's fine. fine um <laughs> here's the thing why are they making another halloween i don't know and why is jamie lee Curtis in it like, i don't know okay is her career gone to that level that she has to do another halloween movie 
And do you know the premise of it? Yeah, he's back after yeah, but, all this time. But do you know why? Cause, okay. He should have been dead. Yeah. She literally, like, chopped his head off. Yeah. Right? None of that happened. Oh, God. All of everything we know was just a dream or some crap. Oh, God. <clears throat> well, the original Halloween is one of my favorite scary movies of all time. Movies. And I watch it every Halloween. So good. I'm trying to get John to so, watch it. So good. John's never but seen Halloween. All the ones after it, not so much. God, I love Halloween. I love so it. Good. I love Halloween. I love Amityville Horror. I love The Exorcist. No. Those are the ones that I watch. No matter when they're on, I watch them. I like Halloween. Nightmare on Elm Street. I almost said Nightmare Before Are Christmas. Are you serious? I love Freddy Krueger. Oh, my God. Three-year-old Aaron so had a Freddy Krueger doll. I was into it. I'm still into Three-year-old Aaron had a Tiny. Freddy Krueger doll? Oh, For my reals. God. I had one. I loved him. <laughs> I might have been like four. Um, oh, well, that's okay then. Yeah, I was, that's, I, that's I was very young. I was very young. I love Freddy Krueger. Oh um, but, yeah. I mean, I like I like the old scary movies. I don't like the Jason movies. No, I don't like the Jason movies. How many teenagers can you kill at a camp during the summer? Honestly. Can we get over this? Also, how many people... I must have been living like a really weird life because I definitely wasn't getting the the kind of action that these kids were. No. They're just horny toads. Like, I had things to do. (laughs) What were they doing? Like, that they had... They're like, you know, I don't have a job. I don't have any homework. I don't have anything to do. My parents don't care. They're not around. They don't mind that I'm hiding away, you know, macking it with some random dude, man. (laughs) Like, what? Yeah, I know. That movie is based on a lie. So, speaking of Halloween movies, guys, make sure that you tune in on Halloween Day because we will have a very special Halloween episode where we share the true stories behind some of the most terrifying scary movies. I'm so excited for that episode. What's your favorite scary movie? My favorite scary movie is the original Amityville Horror. Really? Favorite of all time. And I'll be talking about that one. Nice. So sneak peek. I cannot decide what my favorite scary movie is. There's so many good ones. I there know, really like... are. But that's my that's my favorite of all time. <sighs> I It's kind of weird because I also love The Shining. Mm. But to me, that's not, it's not in the same genre as no. Amityville. That's like a psychological thriller. Yeah. But I love The Shining. I do love The Shining. Yeah. Because it's got our boy Jack. We love Jack. We love Gotta Jack. Gotta love Jack. We love you. You're my boy, Blue. <laughs> All right, I guess we should start. We should probably start. <laughs> Who is mine's what? mine's kind of short. Yours is short. It's, it's pretty short. Cool. Yeah. So, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? You can go first. Okay. I'll I'll bring up the rear. Okay, you bring up the rear. <laughs> so, we're going to England today. I'm super right. excited. We're gonna be talking about a bloodthirsty demon. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> So, we're going back in time. It is 1966, and we are in West Yorkshire, England. In mm, fact, we are going fancy. to the house on 30 East Drive in Pontefract. <laughs> Pontefract. This okay. is the story of, are you ready for this super original title? Uh-huh. The Black Monk of Pontefract. Oh. Have you heard this I've one? I've heard of him. Yeah, I've yes. heard of him. His fancy. Do you know this story? I think so, yeah. 
I didn't know of this story until recently. So, 1966, Jean and Joe Pritchard move into this house, a little quiet house, on 30 East Drive with their two kiddos, Philip and Diane. They are 15 and 12, respectively. Um, they move into the house. It's pretty calm. Nothing crazy is happening. They're happy in the house. Uh, but shortly after, small little things start happening, like house settling noises, stuff that I'm going to write off as house settling noises, creaking, mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, but things really come to be more, hmm, not as easy to write off <laughs> uh, during a time when the Pritchard family went on vacation. Now, I would like to talk about the horrible treatment here, and I'd love to know your opinions guys um so september 1st 1966 philip the 15 year old was left home while the rest of his family was on vacation with his grandmother so i I feel like that's really unfair guys you should have taken your kid with you um but he was left home with his grandmother sarah shoals while they were away in devon is that how you say that devon Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe he didn't want to go. Maybe he was being a bratty teenager. Maybe. And he's like, I don't want to go with my parents. Philip, what's wrong with you? Let's try <laughs> I'll stay with my you. grandmother who's older. Who's older. <laughs> so, the first day, they start to notice that there are these cold gusts of wind, like, blowing through the house. They write it off as, like, wind from outside, like a draft. <laughs> Um, they're like, they write it off as wind. They write it off as wind. They're like, whatever. It's just wind. But I, I mean, let's just point out that it's September 1st. It's not cold outside. Okay. Well, in England. They, they, the, according to the reports, it was pretty hot that day. Look, it was summer still. But this was like ice, cold wind blowing through the house. They don't think much of it until it keeps happening. And it's happening in like very isolated sections of rooms. They're checking for drafts, they can't find anything, but this isn't enough to make them like, oh my God, there's something bad here. Mm-hmm. After a little bit of dealing with this quote unquote wind, they start to see white powder <laughs> falling from the ceilings. And as the white powder is falling from the ceilings, they hear footsteps on the floor above them. This doesn't make anyone tweak out. This would make me tweak out. I'm just saying, okay? Mm-hmm. They don't think much of it until it continues. Like, it, it's just snowing in their house. Because it's now cold. We've got mist. We've got white powder and footsteps. So, Philip and his grandmother go to investigate. They can't find anything, obviously. Um, except cold wind and snow nothing unusual <laughs> nothing out of the ordinary nothing out of the here. ordinary uh but sarah the grandmother finally is like you know what we we do need to get someone else to come over and take a look at this this is weird so she calls her sister i mean a logical choice when you're dealing with inner inside snow that's what you do you call your sister Sister Marie comes over, and when she gets there, there are pools of water that are starting to form on the ground. They're not forming from above. This is not from, like, the snow collecting, because by the time this snow hits the ground, it's turned into this, like, powdery substance, so it's, like, not normal snow. Um, But it looks as though someone has turned on water underneath the, the floor, and it is somehow, like, pooling up to the surface, right? 
again. They're like, it's an old house. Houses do this. Yeah. They do this, you know? Okay. Um, so they investigate the rest of the house. Um, they're, the bumping noise, the footsteps, it's getting louder. It's now in the walls. And the dust is still, the snow dust, whatever it is, it's still pouring down. Okay. All this is happening. And they go, you know what? A pipe is probably broken. That's probably what this is. Yeah. So they call a repairman out. The repairman from the water company comes in to take a look. He does a thorough inspection of the whole house. And it's still pooling water. It's still snowing. <laughs> and he goes, your pipes are fine. And he, being the relatively sensible individual that he is, pieces out. He's done. He's like, nope, mm -mm, this ain't right. <laughs> so he's gone. Uh, the pools eventually stopped. The water disappeared and the dust stopped. The snow stopped and Marie, the sister went home. She was like, okay, that was weird. I don't know. And they just go on with their day. They're like, that's fine. Everybody's confused, but that's it. So they think that's the end of it. Uh, later that same evening though, like this is like later in the night, I guess. Philip's gone to bed. Sarah's doing her thing. Whatever grandmas do after their kids go to bed, their grandkids go to bed. And the pools begin to form again all over the place. But this time it's not just the pools of water, um, but the kitchen starts shaking violently. Oh, my. And it's rattling all the pots and pans. It's knocking all the, like, crock. They said crockery fell onto the floor and shattered because everything was shaking so hard. And if you guys know, like, that's really heavy stuff. Um, they assume, or Sarah assumes, it's an earthquake. Until Just she realizes, in the kitchen. That's when it dawns on her, like, wait a minute. Nothing <laughs> else in the house is shaking. She runs outside. There's nothing happening outside. It's just her kitchen. So, uh... She goes back into the kitchen and sees the tea dispenser, which, by the way, sounds like the most brilliant invention of all time. There's a tea dispenser in the kitchen. The button on the tea dispenser is being pushed with so much force that tea is spraying through the kitchen. Oh, my god! And it's like the she's watching the button get pushed over and over and over again. No one's pushing it. Um... The cupboards and the furniture in the kitchen start to move around the room and vibrate with no apparent cause. Um, she is understandably concerned, mildly concerned, and kind of freezes up. But then she hears this insanely loud bang from outside the hallway. Uh, she turned to look and see what was in the hallway. Maybe Philip had fallen. Um, I don't know. There was no one there, but when they went, when she looked into the hallway, the light began to turn on and off by itself. So, at this point, get my pages are stuck together. Oh, she also sees that the plant that was normally at the foot of the stairs is now at the top of the stairs, for no reason. It's just at the top of the stairs. I knew that that would upset you, so I, I included that. Yeah, you don't mess with a woman's plant. Don't mess with my plants. So, this freaks her out. She wakes Philip up. Philip comes and looks around with her because that's what you do. You wake up a 15-year-old child to check things out. Um, he sees things happening, but 
they don't know what it is. So they do, again, the, the logical thing, and they call Sarah's sister to come back over. So Marie comes back. Marie, you know, watches everything happening. The kitchen's still shaking. There's tea everywhere. There's water all over the floor. Um, she's freaked out. But then it stops. Marie goes home. And they're all going to go to bed. They're ready to go to sleep again for the night. So Philip goes to his bed. And when he's in his bed, his dresser begins to sway from the floor back up to the wall. Oh. Over and over and over again. At this point, Grandma's had enough. She's like, you know what? This isn't right. This isn't right. We're going to go. So she packs up Philip. She packs up their stuff. And they go and spend the night at uh, the neighbor's house. Because she's finally she's finally scared. I mean, I don't know why the dresser set her off and not the, you know, possessed kitchen. But she leaves. So by the time the rest of the family comes back, nothing else happens. Like, they're, everything is calm. They tell the family. They tell um, Diane and... Uh, Diane, not Diane. They tell Jean, Joe, and Diane what happened. Um, obviously, they don't believe them. They're like, no, you guys are crazy. You guys were overtired. You're hallucinating. You're on the drugs. Something's not right. And unfortunately for Philip and Sarah, nothing happens in the house for two years. What? There is a two-year gap <clears throat> where everything is totally normal. Um, but that long period of time made it really shocking to Philip, who was now at this point 17, uh, to find pools of water starting to form all over the house again. Uh-oh. And he's like, ha, told you so. I told you that our house is magically creating water from the floor. The pools of water start. Furniture is being moved around the house on its own. It's all relatively... I mean, it's not, like, frightening as much as a, it's a nuisance at this point. I think some of the stuff is a little bit scary. Not the loud thuds. There are loud thuds and bangs that would be all over the house. Doors would slam open or shut by themselves. Um, but they also said that an odd green foam would start to seep out of all of their faucets at the same time. Weird. Which, is random and weird, and it only started after all this activity started back up. They would also find uh, family portraits and furniture demolished as time went on, and they would be it would be kind of looking like someone went at it with a knife, really, like some it was slashed open, you know. Weird. That's very strange. So during this entire time, there's also this sickening smell they they can't figure out what exactly the smell is but it's this awful smell all the time and they've done they, they do everything they can to get rid of it you know candles uh thorough cleanings checking their water everything that you would normally go through but there's no reason for the house to smell the way it does it's not coming from outside um eventually they realize that it is it, it smells like uh barn animals and around Yuck. the same time that they realize this and they voice this, they start to hear sounds that sound like heavy breathing and the sound of barnyard animals in their house. They cannot figure this out. So this stuff starts happening every single day. And it's just going on and on and on. It becomes such a commonplace thing that they 
realize like, okay, there is an entity in the house. Um, there's something here and it's not of this world. Um, and we're going to make it a little bit less scary by calling it Fred. <laughs> so Fred. <laughs> Sounds like me naming all these critters around my yeah. house. <laughs> They're like, oh, the faucets are leaking green foam. It's just Fred. It's, it's fine. Just Fred. It's fine. Fred didn't like that name apparently though, because once they start calling him Fred, the activity gradually intensifies. Um, things are being smashed like in front of them they're they're not just walking in a room and finding their furniture demolished it's being literally demolished in front of them um things are flying across the room anytime they have guests over things are hurled at their guests they're hurled at walls guests uh some guests don't want to come over anymore um but i can't imagine why (laughs) i mean i know but then other people are (laughs) fascinated by it so some people start showing up more and it turns out that things got worse and more violent when visitors came over. And this isn't just limited to like regular, like these are my friends. But when the police are called <laughs> because of the noise in the house, because um, someone made like a public disturbance report, um, the police show up and the police are witness to furniture being destroyed and things being thrown around, and he calls the um, the town vicar, and the town vicar sees it, and he's like, well, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea what's happening here. Um, they can't find any rational explanation. They bless the house a little bit, you know? Um, but then they leave, pretty much just dumbfounded and like, yeah, I ain't coming back. I'm done. Y'all have a good day. I'm not coming back. So at this point... They're starting to realize that their youngest daughter, their young daughter, Diane, who is now 14, um, she's the one being targeted. Diane now is telling people that she's waking up to the sound of heavy breathing on her ears. Like she can feel it on her ears. And she can also hear voices right beside her or a voice right beside her speaking in an unidentified language. She doesn't know what this person is saying. Um, it doesn't seem particularly threatening when it talks to her, near her, but it's still enough to freak her out. Um, over time, Diane starts becoming the the target of violent activity, pretty much. There are a lot of physical assaults reported, such as her being pushed, like physically shoved. She's had her hair pulled with such force that it pulled her backwards off her feet. Um, and on several occasions, she was drug across the room or dragged across the room, which is the past tense. Drug? I think it's dragged. Dragged. She was dragged across the room. She was dragged across the room. (laughs) There we go. I thought so, but I like copied this and it said drug and it was like, "Mm, that doesn't seem right. Okay. Anyway. So (laughs) as much as Diane is being very targeted and she is getting most of this, uh, abuse, The entity was definitely not above lashing out at others as well. He was not discriminating when it came to abuse. Um, Visitors and other family members have reported being held down, pushed, slapped, or even punched just while being in the house for a little bit of time. Um, The phenomena, they say, worked in cycles. Sometimes it would happen on a daily basis and then there would be long absences, sometimes for a few weeks at a time, but it always returned. And every time it returned, the activity got worse. 
um, as the activity became more um, more violent, uh, the Pritchard family finally reached out to the church for help, and there were several exorcisms performed on the house. Lots of exorcisms performed on the house. Exorcisms work on demons. This wasn't a demon. So uh -huh. it, it really just made the entity kind of annoyed, and the entity decided to kind of fight back a little bit during these things and it didn't it didn't make things better um during some of these exorcisms uh crucifixes were knocked out of hands and smashed to pieces and uh they found drawings scrawled upon the walls in red or black ink neither of which were in the house in one mm. incident during an exorcism the uh, uh there was a candlestick and an invisible force picked up the lit candlestick and held it in front of the priest's face so close that it scared the priest into literally, literally running away. Oh, my. <laughs> he, he left the house and he never came back. They gave up on exorcisms after this because uh, they were just like, um, well, that's not working. So they tried to leave it alone, I guess, which was also not a good idea because after these attempted exorcism uh, exorcisms, the spirit began to make itself more known and visible, which is super fun. Mm -hmm. um, at first, the manifestations were just in front of Jean and Joe. They would wake up in the middle of the night to see a dark shape standing at the foot of their bed staring at them. Hmm. I can That's imagine. when you move out. You're like, no, I'm done. I'm gone. It's, yeah. it's over. I'm done. Um, but no, they would wake up and that, that figure would be standing and they would blink and then uh, the figure would be gone. On another occasion, Joe woke up to see a figure in black flowing robes hovering inches over him. Oh. That was a phenomenon which happened quite a lot after that. Um, Diane experienced it a lot, and so did uh, Jean quite a bit, actually. She would wake up to see this man hovering over her, and eventually it, I mean, it scared her quite a bit, but eventually it became a commonplace thing. It wasn't hurting her. They did begin to see him more clearly every time he would manifest, and every time he would manifest, he would show up in these black robes, and he would have a hood covering his face, not unlike what a medieval monk would wear. Ooh. Which is why he earned the nickname, the Black Monk. Okay, so before long, the monk was seen lurking about by everyone. The kids saw the monk, the neighbors saw the monk looking out windows. They even saw the monk walking around the property, like just around the house. Um, and to make things worse, he would sometimes change things up. He wouldn't just show up in his black robe. Sometimes he would be seen wearing women's gloves, which was kind of strange. Um, he would also occasionally have furs on, but it was always the same individual, the same entity. Now, all of this, he still, through all of this, he, he still was obsessed with Diane, who was still only 14. And the attacks on her grew um, to a terrible level. Like, I don't see how they can get much worse than, you know, him dragging her across rooms and slapping her. But she wakes up pretty much every day with new scratches and bruises on her body. She's thrown from her bed 
on more than one occasion and was actively choked and slapped by an unseen force in full view of witnesses. The scariest Mm -hmm. thing that they say, a lot of people say that this is the scariest thing that was um, seen in front of visitors because this this happened in front of people who were visiting the house, not just the family, um, including a police force or a police officer who happened to be there. Uh, Diane's hair was, it stood up as if someone were pulling on it and yanking on it. And after that, the girl was forcefully dragged up the stairs screaming. Oh my God. They didn't move out no instead and this is a direct quote right here the desperate family had paranormal investigators called in i'm, I'm sorry, sorry. if you're desperate you leave the house you just leave your like kids this- are being dragged by their hair upstairs by an unseen force you're gonna love this you leave you're gonna love this this made me so i was so angry when i read this part <laughs> That I was like, what? Okay. Paranormal investigators show up and they decide, they're, okay, if it's not a demon, we can't exercise it. Uh, there's something else here. And that means that something must have happened here. And if we can figure out what happened here, maybe we can send it on its merry way and it can do its thing somewhere else, right? So one of the investigators, Tom Cuniff, we're going to call him. I don't know if that's how he says his last name. We don't care. He found out that not only had the area once been the site of a battle, but it had been used as the town gallows, and hundreds of people had been executed there. Lovely. In one particular instance, though, there was, I mean, there was one particular execution that really stood out to them. There was a monk who had been hung on those very gallows after being found guilty of raping and killing a young girl about Diane's age. Mm. so this is the monk hanging around they weren't wrong about that um and oddly enough there are pictures full pictures of this monk that people have taken in the house um and you can see there's one picture where someone snaps up like it's it's down a hall and you can see an arm kind of coming out of nowhere and he's holding rosary beads which is that's crazy so um all this stuff is going on They've figured this out. They've, you know, they're they're not sure what they're going to do. And then it stops. It just randomly stops. Like, out of nowhere. They don't know what's happening. Um, weeks would go on and they wait for something to happen. They live in terror for a long time. Um, and eventually they move out because they're tired of just waiting for something bad to happen. Now, they don't sell the house. They, um, not right away at least, apparently they started to rent it out um, or they eventually, I mean, it it sat empty for a long time because they weren't sure what to do with it. But at some point in time, um, the neighbor, Carol Fieldhouse, she says that, uh, that the monk was still there and is still there to this day. Um, she sees the monk in the house. She says the monk has even come into her house at this point and has spoken to her. Um, not very nicely either. But at one point, before she started seeing these manifestations of the monk herself, she said that uh, she saw Philip, who was an adult at this time, and they still owned the house. He was over there uh, tidying the garden because they were about to rent it out or sell it or something. And 
she went and asked him if he'd sold it to one of his nephews because she had been hearing the television in that house blasting like super, super loud. And um, Philip's nephews were almost deaf. So it would make sense, right? She said that when she asked him, he went completely pale and said, there's no TV in there. It's empty. And then walked away and said, God, it's starting again. And she never saw him again. He never showed back up to the house. Um, so they did eventually sell it. Um, they don't ever go back there. But it does end up being a really popular paranormal destination because it is supremely active, a very active place. It's considered one of the most well-documented hauntings in that area of England. But 90% of England is like, there's something happening there. Um, lots of different researchers go there, including Nick Groff and Katrina Weidman of Paranormal Lockdown. They actually spend a few days locked up in the house, which I think is stupid. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, they do 72-hour lockdowns. They went in for 100 hours oh. for this one. Um, they said that it was very dark feeling, which I don't care about. I mean, what does that mean? You go in there scared and you're like, it feels dark. Um, so they, they go in. They feel like it's dark and, and spooky. But um, they have video of the doors slamming, banging noises all through the house. And they also try to communicate with the entity. Again, guys, don't do that. That's not smart. But they're like, hey, uh, can you move this? And uh, it's a ball, and the ball starts moving very playfully at first. And then it starts being thrown across the room and starts knocking things over and breaking things. Somewhat groff. Groff. Nick asks, Nick, yeah. Nick asks, do you need a lot of energy to move things? And they have an EVP recording saying in Latin, uh, desperata, meaning hopeless. Uh, so on top of that, anytime the team would ask Fred something, everything would be silent, but the temperature would drop dramatically. Um, they have footage of a shadowy figure moving across the room. And lots of noises. And at some point, a knife that was not in the home was left on top of the stairs. It's at this point that the team starts complaining about being pushed or shoved by something. And um, at one point, Katrina was, and this is all captured on footage, she's held in place, attacked, and scratches start forming on her body. What? Yeah. They finally are done. They're like, let's leave. Um, it's very spooky, very not good. Um, other researchers have come in and they have experienced the same thing. If you go on to YouTube and you search the Black Monk or um, 30 East Drive, you're going to get tons and tons of videos. And these people are recording so many different things or so many noises. There are, you know, words that are spoken in languages that, I mean, Latin's a dead language. <laughs> so, um there are some translations on there, but a lot of it is just, like, unknown. Um, lots of photos of the monk who just shows himself whenever he feels like it. 
Um, sometimes he's outside, sometimes he's inside, sometimes he appears in mirrors, which is my personal favorite. You know, Mm -hmm. if I'm looking in the mirror, that's what I want to see. People said that they have feared for their lives because of how violent things have gotten in the house when they've investigated. And, uh, yeah. So, these stories are still going on. It's been quite a long time. They did eventually turn it into a movie. Um, a British movie called When the Lights Went Out. And it was also investigated for um, a Halloween special of The Most Haunted Live, where they did like a live thing in there. And uh, people generally don't like going there. Even the paranormal I investigators. Just, I wouldn't want to go there either. I don't I mean, want to get go it. there. I get it. I get it. Um, it's a bad place. It's a bad place. The neighbors that are there now say that the place is pretty spooktacular yeah and uh one woman and i didn't write her name down because i felt like this was a lot as it stood uh one person said that she was told that or she had a message delivered to her somehow like i think it was like written somewhere or something in her house that anybody that moved into that house would be removed from that house which is why the house is Mm. still empty so removed removed it's an interesting choice of words removed so that is the story of the black monk of Pontefract. Who is he's so fancy. He's so fancy with his black robes. And seriously, he's really spooky. Like watching the videos and stuff and the pictures of him, like bleh. Yeah, he's not also, a nice dude. If you uh if you know that the ghost in your house was convicted of raping and murdering a child and it's attacking your daughter, A, why are you still there? if it's attacking yeah. your kid, and B there's not like you're. I'm gonna reach out out of desperation to find out what. No, you just. Go. I mean, you can do that, but move out first. Move out first, yeah. And move then, if you really ground. feel so inclined, try to figure out what's going on. But burn just it. Move to out. The ground. Yeah. I know. I just. Oh, so yeah, that's it. It's awful. That's what I got. Wow, that was terrifying. Need a breather? Maybe a little distraction? No shame. We're spooked too. Here's something you can do in the meantime. Take a minute to rate and review Girls and Ghouls in your favorite podcast app. Every rating and every review helps Girls and Ghouls continue to share haunting stories from around the world. All right, break time's over. It's time to get scary. Twas. Um, It's kind of interesting. I swear, I don't know how we do this, but it's interesting that you referenced Paranormal Lockdown because that's how I found my story. Was through oh, yeah? an episode that they did. Yeah, so that's funny. We that do this funny. a lot, we where do. our stories are somehow related. Yeah, I've never uh, seen that show. I'm gonna have to like. That it's was a the good show. Okay. Do you so you know the show that we hate with Zach Baggins? Ghost Adventures. Yeah. Yeah. Nick was he worked with him and he left. Oh, he's the person who was like, I don't like him and I don't yes. like the thing. He that, okay, left perfect. and he and Katrina now do Paranormal Lockdown and it's very good. Oh, good. It's very good. They do a really um, good investigation. They talk to other people. They they try like they don't go in like Zach and like Come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. I'm gonna lay under this hatchet and see if you cut me in half. Like they don't do that. They go in with respect and they're like you know, we we want to try to figure out what's going on, and they try to kind of like Ghost Hunters used to do when that show right. was on. I, I liked that show because yeah. they would try to figure out logical explanations for things that happen, mm-hmm. yeah. First, and so they kind of do that too. 
But um, we're going to travel back to New Orleans because that's nice. one of our favorite places to talk about. Indeed. Um, indubitably. Indubitably. So my story, I'll be honest, I, I struggled a little bit uh, getting a story together because... You know, we've talked about it before. We have a list of stories, but by the time I get to where I'm researching them, I'm just like, meh, don't want to do any of those. And then we get down to the wire, and I just, I had a hard time. This story is creepy, but it's more murdery than paranormal. (laughs) There is paranormal stuff, but it's more murdery first. And I haven't really done a murdery one since the Velisca Axe Murder House that was at the very beginning of season one. So And we love murdery stuff. We're gonna do a murdery one. Um, you may have heard of this one because it's a fairly somewhat recent story. Apparently <laughs> there's my typo. Apparently in the year twenty thousand fifteen <laughs> in the very far future, this is when that happened. <laughs> It's 20015. That's what I put. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 20,015. Let's travel, shall we? To the year 20,015. Let's do this. To New Orleans. To New Orleans. <laughs> um, this is the story of Zach Bowen and Addie Hall. Have you heard of nice. this? This is one of the most grisly murders in recent history in New Orleans. Um, so... Zach was a sergeant in the U.S. Army. He was discharged, um, honorably discharged. He received a NATO medal, presidential unit citation, and uh, he had some PTSD stuff going on. Um, He was divorced, and he was living in New Orleans, and he met a local bartender named Addie Hall, and um, they hit it off. They started dating. Um, in 2015, when Hurricane Katrina came through, they stayed um, and kind of became the face of New Orleans during Katrina and the aftermath because they thrived. Mm-hmm. They worked with their you know, neighbors, and even though they didn't have power for a long time, they were able to you know, figure things out, and they were like in all these pictures in the news and stuff and just kind of like, this is New Orleans, you know, mm-hmm. we will stand strong, that kind of thing. Um, after the hurricane, when the city started to rebuild, um, for whatever reason, Zach and Addie, I think because of their own inner demons, um, Mm -hmm. they started to have some relationship issues. Um, they started both using drugs pretty heavily, drinking a lot, and they got evicted from their apartment. Um, so they moved into another apartment on Rampart Street above the famous Voodoo Spiritual Temple. Yeah, which there's a lot of those in New Orleans. So that's not super, you know, weird that there was an apartment above it. That's just kind of New Orleans. There's mm-hmm. there's voodoo everywhere. There's apartments above the places. Um, on October 5th, 2006. Okay, so Katrina was 2005. I had the date wrong for that one as well. It wasn't 2015. It wasn't 2015. I don't know. I was typing too fast. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> October 5th, 2006, Zach and Addie get into a fight, and Addie accuses Zach of cheating. Um, He kills her, and then 11 days later, he kills himself by jumping off the top of a parking garage. Oh. Um, Addie was murdered in such a violent way that 
this has become one of the most grisly murders in the history of New Orleans. Um, when he was, so first of all, there's footage, security footage of him on top of the parking garage walking to the edge and back several times, like contemplating it. Mm -hmm. And then he finally just steps over the edge and jumps. And then when the police get there, they found a letter in his pocket confessing her murder. And it says, this is not accidental. I had to take my own life to pay for the one I took. If you send a patrol car to 826 North Rampart, you will find the dismembered corpse of my girlfriend, Addie, in the oven, on the stove, and in the fridge, and a full signed confession from myself, Zach Bowen. I scared myself, not by the action of calmly strangling the woman I've loved for one and a half years and then desecrating her body, but by my entire lack of remorse. I've known forever how horrible of a person I am, ask anyone, and decided to quit my jobs and spend the 1500 cash I had being happy until I killed myself. So that's what I did. Good food, good drugs, good strippers, good friends, and any loose ends I may have had. I didn't contact any of my family, so that'll explain the shock. And had a fantastic time living out my days. It's just about time now. Wow. So the police go to their apartment on Rampart Street. Addie's head and hands sat in pots on the stove. Her arms and legs were in a tray inside the oven, and they had been cooked. Her torso was still in the refrigerator. Oh, my God. He apparently strangled her in the bathtub and dismembered her there and then decided later to separate the meat from the bone by boiling her parts. Um, In spray paint throughout the apartment, he wrote messages like, look in the oven. I'm a failure. Please help me stop the pain. I love her. And on the oven, he wrote, don't look. Um, gosh, believe it or not, people lived there after that. What? And they kept the original appliances. Uh, No. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That feel like that's a health issue. No. Oh, yeah. You would think, right? That's gross. Um, It currently sits empty because a couple years later, the entire building had a fire. Um, so there's no voodoo temple downstairs. The apartment's still there and the appliances are still there because the fire didn't ravage the building, but there's nobody there. It's just an empty building. Um, so the paranormal lockdown team actually went there Mm -hmm. and stayed. Um, the building itself was built in the 1830s and the history is relatively unknown, but we do know a lot about new Orleans itself, right? We know that there's a lot of bad juju in new Orleans, a lot of, uh, voodoo and whatever we've done some stories before like i did the sultan's palace that was Mm -hmm. horrific and we've talked about madame Lalaurie and like there's just a lot of stuff in new orleans so we can just kind of guesstimate that since the 1830s there's been some crazy stuff that's happened in and around this house on rampart street um people who have lived in or near the rampart street murder house uh have reported all kinds of activity. They said they feel like somebody's watching them in the dark. They will hear whispers, mm-hmm. phantom whispers. They'll hear um, disembodied voices. Um, there are people who even say that they can't walk right in front of the house because they just get this foreboding sense of evil mm-hmm. when they're near it. Like it's yeah. just oozing evil. Um, so they just don't, they don't like the building itself. It's very evil. Um, when the investigative team was there, 
the cameraman at one point felt a really strong cold breeze, even though all the windows and doors were closed. Hmm. Um, there was a lingering smell of something burning, <sighs> which is so gross to me. There were footsteps heard quite often, um, and they heard they captured a ton of EVPs, which I'll I'll get to in a minute. So, yeah. before they started their investigation, they actually had um, a voodoo priestess who goes by the name Bloody Mary. She's very popular down there. She does a lot of ghost tours and stuff in New Orleans. Um, she was the one who took them into the house and told them a little bit about it um, and locked them in and whatever. And she was telling them that they have had a lot of investigators say that they felt a presence of a child spirit there. And they don't really know where, who this kid is, where he's come from or whatever. Um, But he's very active and kind of playful. Mm -hmm. Um, He's often seen peeking around doorways. Um, And one other investigative team captured an EVP that said he was a slave. So it is highly possible that he is a child who was a slave child from you know back in the day or whatever right um but it's weird because the apartment and nick and katrina even said this the apartment is almost like it's got two sections where one is where the child lives Mm -hmm. and he's happy there and it's kind of a positive energy and then there's this negative oppressive energy in the kitchen and bathroom area where Addie was murdered and dismembered Mm -hmm. And there has been, it seems like there's been more activity since the murders. And it's almost like the child saw what Zach did. Um, So it's just, it's really weird. Um, So while they were in there and they're talking about the murder itself, they started having these little rocks thrown at them. Oh. And now mind you, because of the fire, the ceiling is just all the balusters like there's no actual ceiling it's the roof and it's you know open to the attic or whatever and there were just little pebbles that would be thrown like not just like rolled out of somewhere they were thrown at them um and they'd hear it and they'd feel it hit their leg or whatever and it'd be on the floor um so they went up into the attic nick went up there and he laid down and that's where he was going to sleep and he as soon as he laid down he said he's like uh, can you throw rocks again? If it was you, can you throw rocks again? And immediately he got pegged by a rock. Um, and they don't know if that was the little boy just being playful, trying to get their attention, or if it was something more evil, um, right. sinister. But uh, that happened quite a bit. Um, there is a shadow man who will manifest itself from time to time. Um, and they think that that might have been who was in the attic. Mm-hmm. Um both Katrina and Nick, every time they went into the bathroom, they would get sick, like physically ill. And that's wow. where Addie was yeah. so brutally killed. Um, they picked up several EVPs. Some of the EVPs said, um, the kid and he's here. They even got one that said, Zach. Oh. And please don't hurt her. Oh. Yeah. Um... So they do think that it's a young slave boy who is there. Um, It doesn't seem like there's anything inherently evil, but there's definitely something weird going on in that house. Um, And if Zach, when he lived there, if he were kind of sensitive to that, but he didn't know that yet, that could be why things progressed so violently after they moved in. Because doing all that stuff down in the voodoo temple... 
and they're right above it. I mean, who knows? Right. Um, but people do hear a lot of disembodied voices. They feel like they're being watched. They feel like they said the apartment itself feels like it's pressing in on them. Mm. Um, and it says there's a force so ominous attached to the property that it can be felt by people who walk down the street in front of it. Um, a previous tenant even said that the little boy, he knew that the little boy was there and he was almost comforting. But wow. there's also in the other half of the apartment something really creepy and awful. So that's it. That's the whole story. It's short that's and awful. it's gross, but it's creepy. I can't <laughs> believe they didn't change the appliances. Is that not the, that's the dis- most disgusting part of the whole story. <laughs> I have never heard anything yeah. like that. Like, I, I feel like that's, that should be like a legal requirement. Like, if someone mm-hmm. is murdered and cooked in the oven and then put in the refrigerator, it has to be replaced. I mean, they used Clorox. Oh, no. <laughs> no. It's awful. You can go look at the crime scene photos. and. Nope. Where he's spray painted everywhere and all this stuff. There was one that he wrote that was "Tell my wife," because um, he was divorced and had right. kids, and um, it was just awful. I mean, the way in which he killed her and then dismembered her and then cooked her—it's like why? Why? Um, but I mean, he even put in a letter that they found at the house that he wanted to separate the meat from the bone. They don't know Why? if he maybe had an intention of eating her later, Blech. but he didn't. There was no evidence of cannibalism when they did his autopsy. Um, he was full of drugs, full of drugs. Oh, but um, yeah, apparently he had some stuff going on. Clearly, yeah. So pretty creepy, but yeah, it's uh, you can take tours of that place now. No you can thanks. go inside and. I'll pass. Have your own heebie-jeebies. Um, they got a lot of the EVP stuff in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where they heard Zach, the name Zach, come mm-hmm. across. So they don't know if maybe he's still there or if the child was telling them Zach did this or he saw Zach or whatever. They don't know who the EVPs were. But there were definitely multiple voices mm-hmm. talking through the equipment. Um, it wasn't just one person. So it was... Really interesting and creepy and gross. That is creepy. It is gross. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I'm kind of, I don't know. I, I, my feelings are a little hurt that they're that they've they've opened it for touring. I feel like that's really disrespectful. Well, that Bloody Mary lady does it. She takes people all over the place, um, into a lot of these different places. And a lot of the people, a lot <sighs> of people, have spoken out about that, and they said that they don't feel that that should be part of the tour. That really shouldn't be. I mean, ghosts or not, that was a horrific They're crime. exploiting her murder. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, That's a terrible I don't like it either, but. That would be like, hey, let's go tour Jeffrey Dahmer's house. Like, it'll be fun. Like, that's gross. Like, that would be awful. I know. Yeah. That's, ugh. So, anyway, you can go visit Rampart Street Murder House if you'd like. Please don't. Please don't. If you do, don't tell us. Don't tell us. I don't want to know. Nope. 826 North Rampart Street. Blech. Yeah. So <clears throat> there you go. That was fun. Good Ugh. times. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like physically ill thinking about using that oven. Yeah. Ugh. 
said that he used a hacksaw. Blah. God. Yeah. I mean, that took some time and intention. Yeah. You know? Like. Yeah. It wasn't just. This wasn't a crime of passion. No. I mean, I almost feel like he thought about that for a while. Yeah. Because who just has a hacksaw laying around an apartment? Yeah. Really? For sure. So, I mean, he he wanted to do that to yep. her. Yep. And then the fact that he left her there for 11 days. Mm-mm. 11 days. Mm-mm. And went off and hung out with strippers and did drugs and hung out with his friends even. For 11 days. That makes me mad. Like, I'm legit right? angry. Yeah. Ugh. It's just sick. It is sick. It's very sick. It's I'm sick. curious. I would like to know if you guys want to tell us, like, if you are in the Facebook group or whatever, do you want more murdery stories? Because there's tons of murdery stories. I don't know that we want to go that route, though. We kind of like the paranormal route. Mm-hmm. Don't really want to do a ton of murdery stuff. Right. Unless there's hauntings attached to it, which yeah. I'm fine with. Typically are. It looks like you have a cattail, Aaron. I do. <laughs> You didn't know? That's I grew so one. funny. And you turned your head and it went that way. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's moving with your head. Erin's cat is sitting in her chair right behind her, and all you can see over her shoulder is this little black cat tail just swishing back and forth. It's so funny. Yes. <laughs> Are you here for the spook story? Yes. Hello, Ben. He's very happy. He's terrified he's like oh god that was the worst story um so yeah good stuff so that was disturbing (laughs) um i hope you guys are okay Mm -hmm. just as a disclaimer girls and ghouls is not liable for your um, mental health care expenses no we're not (sighs) gross gross yeah so much gross but that was a good one gross yeah, it was, I mean, short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. sweet. Not no, sweet not at sweet. all. not sweet. I mean, it was very awful. But, awful. Um, yeah, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so uh, we're almost to Halloween. Yay. And then we're almost to Aaron's favorite day, November 1st. Candy day. <laughs> to get all the candy. And, candy um, day. Yeah, I'm excited. This is the scariest month of the year, so there's lots of awesome uh blog posts and articles and stuff online right now that's They're right fun to read. oh i was i saw one actually this morning mm-hmm. one story that you did recently and i cannot remember which one i'm gonna have to go dig around now but i can't i can't remember but there's a house that has all kinds of crazy nasty stuff happening in it and you did it on one episode recently and they're turning it into a hotel and i can't remember which one it is but i was like what Tell me it's not the Sally House. No, it's not the Sally House. It's a fairly recent episode, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. But it's been empty forever and ever, and somebody wants to remodel it and turn it into a hotel. Oh, good. Well, that's okay. That's smart. Oh, I can't wait to tell the story for next week. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because it's one of those stories where you're like, what? What? Uh, They did what to the building? I just, you know... Oh, people be crazy. People be crazy. That's faux show. Faux I wish show. I, I meant to save the link to the article I was looking at because I, 
I don't remember. Oh, I don't man. remember. Why are they doing um, these things? So, October 30th, the day before Halloween, I'm going on a ghost tour here in Atlanta. Spooky. Of the Fox Theater. The Fox Theater. So, that should be fun. I want to know what you guys are doing for Halloween. Any spooky, fantastic things that you're doing? Let us know. Tell us. Go to the Tell us all the things. Tell us what you're doing. And while you're telling us all the things, go on to iTunes and leave us a review. Five-star rating and then a review. Seriously, guys, we would love to have your review. That helps other people find us. Um, Let's people know how amazing you think we are. (laughs) That's right. And And if um, you love this episode... Screenshot your listening device. Share it on Instagram. Tag us at Girls and Ghouls. And tell us uh, what scared you the most. Yeah. About the episode. I think it's, it's definitely the oven. <laughs> you will never cook the same way again. <laughs> yeah. Nasty. Nasty, nasty. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, stay scared. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Girls and Ghouls. Don't forget to subscribe to Girls and Ghouls on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star review or tell us how scared you were on social media. You can tag us with hashtag Girls and Ghouls or tag us at Girls and Ghouls. Until next time, stay scared, friends.